Welcome to World Changes, a podcast exploring the trends making an enduring mark on our world of work and how business leaders, HR teams and internal communicators can stay one step ahead. First came the great resignation, then the great re-evaluation. If we're facing into or living through a great recession, what comes next? A great rebellion? Naming workplace shifts in people dynamics has become trendy, but it overlooks the fact that it's individual desires and wishes driving this change, and it's your workplace rebels leading the charge. This got us thinking about our own rebellious moments. So we asked Team Scarlet Abbott, a right little bunch of workplace rebels, tell us one of your memorable pushbacks, whether it's from SA or elsewhere. And did it lead to change or just frustration? So the first one that probably comes to mind is a few years ago now, but I basically put a business case together for me to work four days rather than five days a week. It wasn't for childcare reasons or anything specific like that. It was just very much around getting a better work-life balance. That has since paved the way for other folks to work in a more flexible way of working. A time when I last pushed back against something at work, I just joined a very large engineering consultancy. We'd been tasked by our sort of sustainability lead that we need to go external with sustainability, with climate change, because this was back in 2019 when it was really ramping up and it just been announced that COP26 was going to be in Glasgow. So it was a really amazing opportunity to get some market penetration there and really get the positioning in. But when we were looking at it all and reviewing everything, we realised that we weren't in a place to talk externally because we hadn't sorted everything out internally. We didn't have messaging aligned. We had pockets of excellence and pockets of no activity. And what I found when I was sort of trying to break down what it was, just climate change, what it was now to tackle it, that it was far too complex. And our definition and our action towards it was, was non-existent. So... I pushed back and said, look, we're not ready to go back to do that yet. We need to sort out ourselves internally. We need to get upscale our people, educate our people, get everyone aligned to what tackling climate change and sustainability means for us. It could have been a very difficult conversation. We had the pressure on to deliver on that, but it formed such strong foundations, even now still being used and being the way to actually help people have conversations internally and with their clients as well. So that was a great outcome for that. And it was right to have that strategic pause at that moment to say, no, we need to do this instead. So what you want to do is successful. A number of years ago, I worked in a professional services organisation. And one of the things that my team was tasked with was doing more in the internal comms space for the firm. And we were particularly passionate about mental health as a team, but it wasn't at the time something that the firm championed. It was definitely seen as taboo. It was a stigma to talk about. So we really pushed back against that and we aimed to weave in lots of campaigns supporting mental health, signpost the right kinds of resources and just make it the norm to talk about. So we really championed it and pushed back against an old attitude and hopefully drove some positive change. The one that springs to mind was actually um, an RFP opportunity. So um, we as an organisation were approached by a very large um, retailer with a specific brief in mind, as you would normally receive through a, a kind of request for proposal. And having looked at it in some detail, we decided to kind of disrupt that process by declining the opportunity, but um, I rang the client to explain why. 
And we'd worked with them previously, so we knew it was kind of bold move to turn the turn the opportunity down. It was a big opportunity as well in terms of value. And it led to a really interesting conversation with the client because we had several reasons in terms of the, the brief not being fulsome enough. So we turned it down on, on that basis. And actually, they then asked us and a couple of guys from the team to come down to London and, and talk it through in a bit more detail. And it led to a really great conversation, not just with the um, client, but with their senior stakeholders as well as to kind of our rationale and what we would do differently, even if it's from a briefing point of view. And they actually revised the brief and recirculated it to ourselves and, uh, and a couple of other agencies. And I think as soon as they did that, we knew we were in prime position to win it. So I think it's, a, it's disruption more than rebellion, but, but having the confidence to trust your instincts and have a respectful conversation with a client about an opportunity and push back completely changed the dynamic in terms of how they saw us as their partner rather than as a supplier that could fulfill a service for them. And it led to a fantastic relationship for the next two or three years afterwards. In my role, I've always done either kind of ops management or general manager, HR. So I've always been the one that is trying to either implement change or, and I'm the one that's always had the pushback, the rebellious done to me. They don't want to do it, they stamp their feet, and they, they just don't want to do what you're asking them to. And I think for me, what I've found over the years, that it's very much about it's communication. They don't understand why you're asking them to do what you want to do. And giving them that knowledge, giving them that, that understanding of why you want them to do what you want them to do. And almost, in a sense, giving them ownership of it and, and making sure that they're, they're involved from the very beginning and give them that ownership. So almost if you like it's their idea and they're not then thinking, I don't want to do this, I'm not doing it all and just coming up against you. It's working with them and saying, this is why I wanted to do this. What's your thoughts on that? Can you help? Do you think you could do that? And have you thought about that? Do you think you could have come up with a better idea? Why don't you work as you with your team and come up with an idea and present it to me? Rebellion is something lead behavioural scientist Lindsay Kohler knows all about. After all, understanding what motivates people is kind of her thing. I sat down with Lindsay to chat about Workplace Rebels. Lindsay, welcome to World Changes. Thank you, Elle. Lovely to be here. Mm. So we went out to our community to ask them about their moments of workplace rebellion. And we heard a wide range of stories. From the marketing consultant who pushed back against sexism at a major record label, to a Canada-based internal comms pro who enforced a policy change that helped colleagues better protect their time. Very juicy stuff. But what kinds of stories of rebellion have you come across when talking to folks from different organisations? I think that the key thing to remember here is that rebellion can come in all shapes and sizes. And so, you know, the stories that you just shared, um, I think are examples of larger acts of rebellion with equally large impacts. But... Rebellion can, it can really show up in smaller, quieter ways, such as voicing an unpopular opinion, telling leaders something they don't want to hear, um, standing your ground with a colleague who's maybe a bit of a bully or dominates the conversation. Um, those are all little acts of rebellion where you're saying, no, I don't like this. This isn't right. And I'm going to use my voice. And you don't have to raise your voice to do that. And I've I've seen you do it so well with people. You know, there's absolutely, it is implicit what you mean. 
but you don't lose your cool and it's it's a really really good way of doing it I'm just yeah for, forever watching out for Lindsay's takes <laughs> I think so <laughs> um should we be worried about any rebels in a workplace no quite quite the opposite you know I think that that true rebels in the workplace, they act on, they act on good faith and they're coming with a desire to make things better. And I think that they're often the best place within your organization to identify what needs to change, what isn't working. And they're the ones that have that passion um, to see those changes through. I think about in our own team, you know, we're working really hard on our own ESG strategy. It's something as a small business, it's really important. And we have someone in the company who's so passionate about it that he's been the one that's been pushing us. And it's been the needed push to say, yeah, like we're also going to get our ducks in a row. This stuff matters. And it's that that voice that, that's passionate that really, I think, provides the momentum and the wind in the cells to make change. But I think the really important thing to hone in on with your rebels is just the intent behind the dissent. You know, that's what I think really distinguishes um, between maybe an innovator and then someone who's just an agitator. There's a really big difference. So there's this idea, I think, with rebels. I mean, it's a little bit of insubordination to some extent, but it's like principled insubordination, right? Because there is something our guest expert, Marva Baylor, said in her World Changers interview. She said that, Everyone wants a change agent, but nobody wants a maverick. And I think that that's a really great way to sum up what we're looking for in that rebellious spirit. Yeah, I completely agree. And do you know, I just think that sometimes people need to be listened to when they're really passionate about a cause. And actually, when they're not listened to, frustration can build and it makes them more of a thorn in your side because you didn't stop to give them the attention they needed in the first place. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's that's why there's so much onus on listing better. So, you know, if you're thinking through the practical applications, right, how can IC teams and HR people really leverage the power of their workplace rebels? I think you hit the nail on the head, Al. It is about listing better because that rebellious behavior, to your point, it does often rise from frustration. There was something they didn't like, something they think could be better. They voiced it. And it's also something that they could have a little bit of control over in a very uncertain environment. So, yeah, if, if if you put your ear to the ground to listen to those voices, it's really going to help the teams be better placed to leverage the rebel ideas and make it a force for positive change. Because to your point, if you let it go too long, that that rebellious energy becomes disruptive and chaotic. And, you know, you, we don't want an army of little anarchists running around. <laughs> and do you know, it's funny, I have an example of this in kind of live client work where one of my clients has faced into somebody who has had an extreme amount of passion. They have felt that they've given him an extreme amount of attention. They've lost their patience. Maybe it's three months in. And that person is still chinning because they've not quite got what they want. And you're right about understanding what they want is really, really key. But I said to her, I think he's a man who needs to be listened to. And she said, but I have. And I was like, by someone different. And I think that sometimes all it takes is like a different set of ears to help someone feel like they've been listened to. And sometimes that might be a consultant. It might be someone from an external organization. 
who goes, yeah, no, you are right. And here's the way we're going to help you get back in with this team or whatever it might be. It's just, it's a different set of ears. It is. And it, and it comes down to, to empathy, really, you know, and, and as we say, empathy is a trait that you can get better at. And I think it's you, Elle, that have said that listening is it's not just an activity, it's an attitude, it's a mindset. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, we all just want to be heard. And that's where 95% of our frustrations probably stem from is feeling misunderstood, unimportant, like, a, you know, a, a side thought in somebody's busy day. You know, when someone shows up 12 minutes late to a meeting and you and you think, God, like, is my time not important? You know, so I think there's so much of just feeling feeling heard and feeling seen. And I think if we do that well, we can find, I think, the sweet spot in leveraging the power of our of our workplace rebels. And, you know, you've just made me think, actually, 12 minutes late to a meeting. <laughs> I guess I'm just very curious about your own miniature acts of rebellion, whether that is something that you've done in the past or <laughs> something you really want to ascribe meaning to this year. Are you a rebel at heart, Lindsay? <laughs> Well, well, yeah, so I was thinking about this and I thought, God, for this year, I actually thought I might try towing the line a bit more. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that aside, we know how long that that'll last. Um, I think it'll be a bit more acting first and ask, asking for forgiveness later, you know, especially with the kind of the role that I have in the kind of line of work. Sometimes you just have to make decisions, move quickly follow your gut and just get things done. And, and, you know, I'm not saying be reckless. There's a very big difference between taking well thought out risks or making informed decisions and just being reckless. It's not at all what I'm advocating, but I do think some more of that, you know, just do first and ask forgiveness later. If, uh, if things didn't quite land, maybe the way you'd hoped is probably one of going to be one of my ethos for this year. Well, what about you? What are your acts of rebellion on the horizon? Well, I've been very rebellious in the past. I rebelled myself out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, do you know, it was all with the right intent and permissions up front in that we were kind of told that we had to be, we were literally told we had to be disruptive and experimental um, with this news trial that we were doing for kind of six months and prove that we could do different formats and treatments. And we really like chucked the rule book out, tried all kinds of different experimental formats and harnessing like the power of people's opinion in the organization. And you know, when somebody says one thing, but what they actually mean is another thing. But hey, I, t I took them to their word and I did everything I possibly could to do like completely different forms of comms. And it was landing, but it just, it, I think it was just a bit too too forward for its time maybe in that organization <laughs> but it's interesting isn't it like that it's such a kind of weird act of rebellion like just doing your job differently and experimenting but surely that's not an act of and and where's the line of rebellion right like I think it comes down to risk you know they said do something different and you did and you you know rebelled yourself out of a job where they might have met oh could you use blue instead of purple like you know, that that risk preference is so interesting in what somebody considers an act of rebellion. Um, and it could, you know, change from person to person, organization to organization. And that's where I think people would do well to to trust their instincts, follow their passions, but always go back to 
what's the intent? Am I trying to make things better or am I just, you know, barking up the wrong tree because I didn't get my bone? Totally. But you know, thinking about that risk attitude that you're just talking about, it's, it's made me more cautious when taking risks because of the the kind of ultimate risk that I took last time right but actually (laughs) so my act of rebellion this year is to rebel against that mindset and to be more courageous and more curious than ever before um if you can call that an act of rebellion it's an act of rebellion against old beliefs and bad behaviors from previous like fingers burned moments but I just I like I was talking to Russ about it who's my manager here at work and he was just like be more courageous get that lippy on you know fight the power (laughs) well if you need um if you need a cheerleader or backup or a sidekick in your acts of rebellion I think you know who in the business to go to (laughs) I definitely do Look, thanks so much for sharing with me um, your kind of take on rebellion. It's such an interesting topic, isn't it? And I think for some kind of risk-averse leaders reading this report, they might be like, wow, is this going to be anarchy in the streets? And no, absolutely not. It's more like considered, thoughtful, interesting rebellion, to me anyway. Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, thanks for your time, Lindsay. Really appreciate it. And uh, see you soon. Sounds great. Bye, Al. Since the start of the year is always a time for forward planning and resolutions, we also asked, what will be your big act of rebellion this year? So I think for me this year, is this rebellion or not? I don't know. But saying no more is going to be the, probably, maybe not rebellion, but it's probably the biggest challenge that I've got to see through this year. And so changing kind of how I work and what I commit to, I have to revolutionise basically. And so I think... Maybe it's rebellion. It's going to feel like rebellion for me because it's going to be upsetting people potentially. But I think that's where where I have to get to this year. Do you know what it will probably be to be a little bit selfish and do things that I want to do. If it works for me, it works for me. And being a little bit selfish and making sure that it's it's what I want and not what I'm just kind of being a yes person. I don't think I've got a specific act of rebellion in mind, but I'm not afraid to push boundaries. And as long as you do it with the right intentions, the right stakeholder management, there's no reason that you can't change the way things are currently working. If you want to dig a little deeper into workplace rebels and how to harness their attitude and ambitions, do join us later this month for our webinar, where you can put your questions to our expert panel, including our Inside Voice guest, Marva Baylor, who has more than 20 years experience as a purpose-driven executive and a fascinating perspective on workplace rebels. We'll share the details in the show notes and on our social channels. Want to continue the conversation in the meantime? Do come and chat to us over on Twitter at Scarlet Abbott or drop us an email at hello at scarletabbott.co.uk. We'll see you next time for another dive into World Changers 2023. World Changers is a podcast by employee engagement consultancy Scarlet Abbott, hosted by L. Bradley Cox. Find out more at scarletabbott.co.uk.